Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Fred Lowry, illuminating God's Word for today's world. The choice, the Word of God, or the world. The choice, Christ, or culture for us. We can choose Christ. Back in the 70s, I picked up a newspaper, early 70s, in San Francisco. And for some reason, I saw an ad in there that said, if you're not happy with your religion, come to us and we will help you plan your own. Now that was in the early 70s. I hate to think what would be in the San Francisco paper today. But the fastest growing cult in America is a religion. It's the New Age religion. And what it is, you remember, I guess we still have alphabet soup. I try not to, to eat that, but we, I guess that's still around. That's really what New Age is. It's just a soup where you take a little bit of every religion, whatever you want, whatever appeals to you, and put it in there. And that's new age. It's man-made. And yet, so many people are buying into it. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know there, there are a lot more false religions than true religion. There are a lot more false prophets out there than true prophets. And you need to understand that. There are over 5,000 cults in America. And the cult is a, it's a religious perversion. It's an organized heresy. And they're literally everywhere. The question that's on my mind these days is, why do reasonable people have unreasonable beliefs? How can people get so far away from truth? And why is it people are more prone to believe lies than they are to believe truth? It seems like we'll believe anything but the truth. A few days ago, the world was shocked. We were stunned by the reports of what happened out in California. The largest mass suicide in America's history. This man by the name of Marshall Applewhite, or was it Bo? No, it was Doe. He was all of those things, all of those names. And this charismatic cultic leader was able to take the souls of 38 people, their minds, he was able to manipulate their minds, and he had them in the palms of his hands, controlling them. And they became victims of this man's personal fantasy and his bizarre theories of life. And he convinced them that by believing in him and in what he said, the, the only way to a higher life is to commit suicide and to do it in a prescribed way. And it's not really suicide because you're stepping up to the next level because you're going to wake up in a UFO. The UFO is is trailing the comet 
the Hellbop Comet. It's using the comet as a shield. And you're going to wake up in that UFO. Ladies and gentlemen, those 39 people woke up in torment. UFO stands for unending fiery ordeal. What a tragedy. And I guarantee you, those people for eternity will be telling Bo or Doe, you lied to us. You lied to us. You sucked us in. And it's because of that that I want you to understand some things about false religion. He somehow convinced these people that they would live in an eternity and they would have new bodies, beautiful bodies, hairless bodies, toothless bodies, bodies that would never decay. They would be extraterrestrial beings floating around their spacecraft. What was wrong with this man? You see, some, some people who say these kind of things just had enchiladas the night before and didn't rest well. But this man had been messed up for a long time. It wasn't just bad food. Hurting people hurt people. Sick people make people sick. This man was a sick person. Oh, he grew up as uh, the son of a Presbyterian minister. He knew the Bible, but listen, there's a big difference in knowing the Word of God and knowing the God of the Word. You can quote Scripture and end up in hell. The devil knows Scripture and quotes it rather freely. He knew Scripture, but he didn't know the Savior. He had many different jobs. He wanted to be an opera singer. He wanted to be on Broadway and... He had his big opportunity, and he couldn't come through. He couldn't measure up. He couldn't make it. And so his life was filled with rejection. Became a music teacher. Became a staff member in a couple of churches as a music director of churches. And then a music professor at, in a couple of colleges. He was fired from those positions because of Affairs with students, homosexual affairs. He was a homosexual. But not only was he a homosexual, he was one who felt imprisoned in his own body and deprived of his own passions. Because of that, he was a very angry man. He was a man who could not control his impulses and finally was castrated to control his impulses. Not only that, he was a perfectionist. You read any of the accounts, you pick that up. He tried to create an antiseptic, sexless, perfect order. Everything at that mentioned the, the white walls, and they kept them white, spotless. The floors, spotless. Metal bunk beds all lined up alike. They dressed alike. 
even in their, at their death, they had a black flowing shirt and black pants and brand new Nike shoes. Everything neatly done. The glass, their glasses, if they wore eyeglasses, folded neatly beside them. They all had to wear gloves all the time. You see, perfectionists have a hard time in this life because there's not anything perfect about our society. If you have a tendency in that direction, you work on that. You won't find a perfect church. You won't find a perfect husband or a perfect wife or a perfect child. You won't find a perfect neighbor. You won't find anything perfect. And guess what? Neither are you. And there's some people who go absolutely crazy because they can't live in an imperfect world. This was this, this person. So I want to talk about cults for a moment. First about the person leading a cult, and then the pull of a cult, and the power of a cult. The person leading this cult was a charismatic person who used people and who preyed on innocent people who for one reason or another were not equipped, and at least at this point in their lives, to make decisions on their own. And when you think about the Branch Davidians, the group at Jonestown, And the Heaven's Gators, there's one thing common to all of them. They all have a cultic, charismatic leader who preyed on the weak and the wounded. And he convinced them that he had godlike power. All three of these men were able to convince their followers that they had godlike power and they could set the time and the date of their death and determine their destiny. And they did it. This man was a manipulator, though of the highest kind. Even in setting up these suicides, he told at least some of them, if not all of them, that he was dying with cancer. The autopsy showed he was not dying with cancer. Manipulating, using people. Doe claimed to, to have been Moses, Elijah, and Jesus in previous lives. There's a Greek word for his theology. It's baloney. And yet he was able to convince these people that in other lives he was Moses, he was Elijah, and he told them how that, that the Father sent down Jesus, that Jesus took an earthly container. And Jesus was going to try to get this elite group of followers together. But he had some problems, some difficulties, and ran into some rejection, and they killed him. So they sent Doe to be the next Jesus. And he was the next representative to come to get another group of people. And only those people who listened to this man 
They were the elite souls who would get to go to the great spacecraft in the sky. You see, it would be silly and ridiculous and aim preposterous if it wasn't so sad that people who were so weak and so wounded and so starved emotionally that they bought into that. I'm not discounting all their responsibility. I'm saying that I want you to always be aware that something can happen in your life and you can become vulnerable and you could be taken in by some charismatic leader. Don't ever, ever let that happen. I'm going to give you some things to watch out for. The first thing is watch out for an unhealthy dependence upon a leader. I've been your pastor for 13 years and you've heard me say over and over and over, don't follow me, follow Jesus. Don't focus on me, focus on the Father. There's not any man that you ought to give your life to. I don't have any disciples. I don't deserve any disciples. Only Jesus deserves disciples. These people depended upon this leader. And at this period of vulnerability in their life, they were willing to become totally, completely dependent upon the guy. Now, he used seduction. He used manipulation. He used authority. And the result was this unhealthy dependence upon a human being in matters of life and death. Don't let that happen. The second thing is isolation. In any cult movement, in any kind of brainwashing, isolation is always a big part of it. That's what happened with this group of people. In order to manipulate them, in order to control their minds, in order to build this total dependence upon him, he had to isolate these people. And he used Jesus in that process. He used the words of Jesus. He said, give up your family, your friends, your possessions, everything that you have, and follow me. And so these people were willing to say no to their families, to say bye to their families, and willing not to ever contact their families again. That blew my mind as I, I watched interviews with people on television. Some who were in this cult and who got out just before the, the suicide, and, and they were sad that they didn't make it to this elite group, to that spacecraft in the sky. But I listened to this man tell about going to one meeting. He went to one meeting with this guy, and at that one meeting decided to leave his family, his child, and go away to live with this group of people. In one meeting. The problem came the next week, his wife came, she decided to do the same thing. So both mom and dad leave the child with neighbors, and they go to be a part of this group. And that happened with several people who left children, some who left small children, to go and be with this cult. Leave your family, leave your friends, and you cannot contact them. You see, in this isolated environment, they not only could not contact relatives, they could not even talk to each other. 
They could only say yes and no and I don't know. That's all they could say. And they needed to do that for business reasons. Of course, I, admittedly, when I read that, I, I, I couldn't believe that there were women there. <laughs> Giving up talking is worse than death to some. I don't, know, I don't know why they didn't die already. I thought women, if they couldn't talk, they'd die. But they were totally isolated, and that was a part of the process. And he could not have gotten them to where he got them unless they, be, unless they were willing to become isolated. Don't let that happen. The third thing, changes and contradictions in theology. You see, if you're going to follow something, if you're going to follow theology, and you're going to deal with life and eternity and death, you want something that never changes. The Word of God never changes. God never changes. You want something to fix your life to that's solid and secure and never, ever changes. Everything else will pass away. But God says, my Word abides forever. But this man kept changing in his theology. One day he believed one thing, the next day he believed something else. In fact, one guy left the group because he had been telling them that here's what you're going to get. You're going to get a, a more beautiful body and you're going to get a, a, a ticket to the, the UFO in the sky. You're going to get out of this place and you're going to go to the higher level. You're not going to die, you're going to, you're going to get a ticket instead. But then the co-founder, T, died kind of messed up that whole deal there. This young man said, something's wrong with this. He promised flight, not death. And now the co-founder dies, and so he got out. I thought it was interesting that after T died, you know what Doe said? She was my father. Tell you, this guy's weird. She was my father sent here for a period of time. But you see, don't get involved in anything where the theology keeps changing and going back and forth, and it, anything that can be changed by man. Don't get involved with it. And then the lack of individualism. Boy, this just jumped out at me as I read the articles and, uh, about how they had to give up their identity. It was cultist cloning. They all looked alike. In fact, it was so evident they all looked alike. Remember the first reports we got, they were all what? Men. And we thought, stupid people can't tell the difference between men and women. But they had been working so that you couldn't tell any difference. They were trying to erase the gender differences. They had the cropped haircuts and they dressed alike and, and they probably talked alike when they could talk and walked alike and did things, they did things together. Loss of individualism. Don't ever give up yourself. Give up your, your personal identity. You see, in the Christian life, God says that you're special and you're unique, each one of you. God has given you unique Gifts. He's given you unique personality and, and temperament. 
You have a thumbprint different from anybody else in the world. You have a voice print different from anybody else in the world. Don't let anybody ever try to make you into something that you're not. And lose that identity. Christ wants you to find fulfillment. And then exclusiveness. You see, if you want to know what he thought about you and me, he thought that we were Luciferians, that we were servants of Lucifer. He believed the church had sold out to, to Lucifer. He's not entirely wrong, some perhaps have. But he believes that all of us are going to be plowed under, that none of us stand a chance. In fact, he thought that's already happened, but it's, it hasn't. And one of his last messages was, the earth is going to be recycled. And all of those of us who are following Lucifer are going to be plowed under and, and the earth is going to be recycled while this handful of people are up there circling in the spacecraft. I'm leery of any group that says we have the only answer and we're the only ones going. I've got news for you. There's not going to be any Presbyterians in heaven. Not going to be any Catholics in heaven. Not going to be any Methodists in heaven. Not going to be any Baptists in heaven. Only people who know Jesus personally. But there will be some of those in every church that preaches the gospel at any time. Exclusive? They were too exclusive. Let's talk about the pull of the cults. How could cults pull people in? And by the way, since you brought it up, let me just give you a little tiny warning. Parents, listen to me. You take control of your home computer or you'll be sorry. There's so much junk and so many things kids can get in to on the Internet that you'd better control that. And there's something about, I mean, it seems that kooks and crazy people, uh, they, it seems like they're usually good at stuff like computers. And they suck you in. They know how to suck you in. In fact, anybody who likes computers, I worry about. <laughs> and I was just, just kidding, just a thought, just kidding. They're necessary evils. We have to have them. But... But until we get some controls, you better control that situation. And then there's millennium fever. You see, there's something about approaching the year 2000, the next millennium, that has everybody nervous and antsy, and, and, and it's, I tell you, the coots are going to come out of the woodwork. They're going to be everywhere. Just understand that. And those, there are going to be people saying that Christ is coming back on this day or that day. Anytime you hear... When somebody announces the day Jesus is coming back, just know that that's the one day he won't come back. Because he says nobody knows. Not even the angels know. But how do they get people in? They do it by exploiting universal needs. People who have a craving to belong, and that's a universal craving. They want to belong to a group. And many people who feel left out, the group they wanted to belong to, something happened. They were not accepted. They didn't feel needed. They didn't feel wanted. 
They didn't feel the sense of belonging. And here is a group, weird though they are, they can belong to it. And they exploit that. Some folks have desire for orderliness, for so much structure and rigidity that, that some people are, are drawn into that kind of thing. There's a need to connect to something bigger than ourselves, higher than ourselves. And they certainly exploit that need. There's a need to finding a perfect parent where you can have perfect security, perfect comfort. They exploit that need. What they do is they, they prey on the wounded and on the weak. They prey on those who have low self-esteem. And by the way, what I'm saying about the cults, many of these same things apply to gangs. And the same reasons teenagers get into gangs is because of the desire to belong. They feel left out. They want to be accepted. They want to be a part of a family. Uh, they, don't, they do not have a good relationship with the father or with the parents. They have low self-esteem. They're going to be drawn in, sucked in. Exploited. I tell you, if I could interview the families of these 38 or 39 people, including Doe, I promise you that in most cases, I would be surprised if not in every case, I would find some real critical emotional issues. A problem with parents. A problem with immorality. A problem with sexual abuse. Because people who are burdened down with so much shame and so much guilt, they become so vulnerable to this kind of thing. And they, they're covered with so much shame and guilt that they want to somehow escape from that and they want to just drop out of society and they want to go to a place that's safe. So these hurting people are sucked in and exploited. I think some people just have a fixation on feelings, emotions, and they, they're caught up in this kind of thing. Because in so many cults you have the, the mystical and, and the trances and all those things that, uh, that play on the emotions of people. Some are, are into signs. They, they so much want to see some sign that a higher source affirms them in some way. And the cults provide that for them. This young man just in his 20s answered an ad in the paper and immediately they began to try to recruit him and they told him, you have unusual intellectual ability and you are one of the chosen. And it's destined for you to ride in the spacecraft, to spend eternity at the next level. Well, that's pretty powerful for this kid who feels alienated and alone and poor self-esteem. He's sucked into it. They prey on wounded and weak people. And they promise extraordinary things. You won't get people unless you promise them something. 
Oh, he promised them more beautiful bodies. He promised them a boarding pass to the, to the UFO, to hook them up with a UFO. He promised them another world free from all the junk and the hurt and the hassle that they had had. Now, that's a pretty strong hook. Notice one of them said, I, you know, I've been on this planet, what, 34 years? And it's not been good. I want to check out and go to the higher level. You see, we get caught up in that. Let me tell you something. Listen to me carefully. Listen to me. Let me see the whites of your eyes. Listen to me. Life is difficult. Life is hard. Life is unfair. You will have struggle. You will have adversity. That's normal. That's what life is. That's a sin-cursed universe. But ladies and gentlemen, one day, it'll all be over. And this is so temporary. And God uses all the bad stuff to build steel in our souls and to build character. In everything that happens, He's talking to us, He's teaching us, and He's promised to even twist it and use it for our good. Don't run from problems. Let problems be your friends. Let God use them in your life. You say a word about the power of the cult. Cults are addictive. You see, you affiliate with a church, you become addicted to a cult. In a church, you can choose to participate or not participate. In fact, you folks are wonderful at that. Sometimes I wonder about how a guy can have so much power and I can't even get you to come back on Sunday night. But you see, you have options. But in a cult, you've got too much to lose, and you can't not participate. Too much pressure. And you become addicted to that. And the pressure of conformity, the group demands conformity. And one article said that Doe had thousands of rules. And see, some people find security in rules. They had to all wear gloves. They couldn't talk to each other. They had to dress alike, look alike. They couldn't talk even while they were eating. In fact, they had to make sure they didn't make sounds while they ate. And they only ate two meals a day. That, some of you won't have to worry about the cults for that reason alone. But they had all these rules. They even had beeps. Every minute there was a musical beep heard throughout the house, 24 hours a day. In the daytime, every 12 beeps, you had to call the central office and, and ask for your next task. Every 12 beeps, you got a new task. Can you imagine the control of that environment? That... Every day it's just one beep after another. And every 12 beeps you've got to call headquarters and get a new assignment. A group so conformed. They got edited news reports. They could only watch a few programs and that, even that was edited for them. They could watch movies like Star Trek, Star Wars, Independence Day, The X-Files. 
There's truth out there. They can, in fact, they watch too many of those things, I can promise you. But they lived this kind of life, and because they were so dependent and, and the power of that conformity, they became addicted to that. We hope you were blessed by our program today. If you would like a copy of today's program, go to www.fredlowry.com where you can find this program and other Christian resources by Dr. Fred Lowry.